Welcome to Sober, the podcast with your host Bradley Saxon. Disclaimer: I have no idea what he's about to say. To let you settle for something that's only going to halfway make you free, but truthfully, it don't even halfway make you truth free. Why? Because half truth is no truth. This is the only journey that when you do half, you get nothing. Sober the podcast is sponsored by the Bridge Center Recovery. Welcome back to another episode of Sober the Podcast with your host, Bradley Saxon. And we're just going to jump in right where we left off. We dedicated the last two episodes to step three, which means today we're on what? Step Step four. four. Step four, which says we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Yeah, that's what it says, B. So we got a couple cats with us today, a couple guys that have had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. And I thought, what better way to talk about the practicality of step four and how it can really change our life than bringing two guys on that's had that experience through the fourth step and also now is teaching that to sponsees. So I got my boy Chase Christian in the house and I got my boy Kevin Ray in the house. What's up? What's up? Yes, sir. Chase coming up on five years in what, November? September 23rd. <laughs> September. I get them mixed up. I Kevin like Ray just time. celebrated um, three, three years. years. What, August 6th? August 6th. Yes, sir. Three years, five years. And God, God's grace, I celebrated 18 years. So we are three people who are evidence that these steps really do work if you work them. And so we're just, we're sort of excited about talking about how you can take this principle or this tool, put it in your kit of spiritual tools and utilize it anytime you want to. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, man, because here's what the book suggests in step four is that we treat ourselves like a business. Oh, yeah, because uh, you got damaged goods in there. Inventory is bad. What happens to the business? Well, imagine if you go to Ingles and every time you go to Ingles, you buy food that's spoiled. Liable or, to get or, sick. You remember growing up and there'd be a dented can store? Bro, I, I grew up in Homeland Park. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like they put all they they created they created an entire grocery store for cans that were dented because why? Most people wouldn't buy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but we did. Yeah, we bought them because they like fifty cent. Yeah, that's and right. And I could, I mean, I could live off uh, buying your sausages. Right. I still buy them. Potted meat. That's potted good. meat. That's good stuff. Man, ain't nothing like potted meat out of the can with a saltine cracker. Spam. To make you or sick. Or spam. To Beanie make, weenies. Fried spam. Fried spam. To make you sick. So here's the deal, bro. Like, you treat yourself like a business because yeah. a business that takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Mm-hmm. And the book suggests that we treat our life the same way. That if we don't take personal inventory, the, the chances of us succeeding is very, very slim. Well, you got to take a look at the good and the bad there, right? Yeah, I think you do take a good look at the good and the bad. But I think we've took a look at the bad a whole lot in our life that sometimes it's good to also know what I'm, what, where I'm strong. What I'm you know what I'm saying? Because right. I do got a lot of character defects. I mean, it's clear in my fourth and fifth step that I've created some character defects, selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty. You know what I mean? Like, it's clear, but there are some things in my life that are still worth salvaging. Yeah. Well, for, for me, I just remember uh, doing step four and seeing the pattern. Really, it was just really an eye-opening experience for me uh, to be able to see why my microphone keeps going out. Bro, I love it because I don't really, I think we're crazy. 
Like, I just think that it's not a big deal. And people right now getting saved. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But but, but they like, probably don't hear it. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, uh, for me, I guess the first thing that stuck out to me when I was going through the steps was, uh, like I said, the patterns of how I hurt people. You talked about character defects. I was a character defect. I was a walking character defect. Every part of my life screamed defect. I don't even know how I managed to operate in life without finding these principles before, man, because that's all I you did. You didn't. Was, you didn't, bro. You stayed high. That's what I'm saying. All I did was harm people. Talking about how did I, how did I get by before I found these principles? You didn't. I mean, that's exactly you right. was leaning, nodding, swerving, hurting people, hurting people. Like, bro, we we ran to drugs and alcohol because we didn't know how to feel comfortable in our own skin. Yeah, that's right. You know, we didn't know what to deal. We we wanted to change. We didn't know how to change. And the guilt that comes with continuing to do what you don't want to do brings a lot of pain. Well, it's also I think it's good to point out here. Um, this is a tough process for a lot of people. I've seen time and time again uh, in recovery, someone gets to this point in the journey, and it's hard for them to take a look at that stuff. Yeah, well, well, they got to dig up all of the mess and turn around and look at it, and they got to dig it all back up, and that becomes hard. Well, I mean, and it's stuff you're digging up that's probably been pushed down for years. That you haven't talked about in years. Yeah, dude. Or ever. You may have never even talked about it. You know what I mean? And we've lived so long prideful that we've tried to Mm -hmm. put out a image for other people to believe that I think sometimes when we get to step four, we believe that we're okay too. Oh, that's good. Which is where the the slogan on our steps come. It's better to be broken and know I need healing than to be broken and think I'm well. You know, sometimes it just takes incidents where we have to look in the fa- we have to look the situation in the face and and no longer lie to ourselves that we're not well, and that there's some things within me that I may not know about that I need help unearthing. I don't even know if that's a word. No, I like it unearthing. Sounds but we great. need to get this stuff to the surface, and sometimes I don't know about it, so I need somebody to help me mine this dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the cool part about the 12 steps is that you have people getting their hands dirty with you to help you find the truth about what's blocking you from fulfilling your decision in step three. Because that's what step four is. I mean, I, I bet many people under the sound of our voice have needed and wanted God. Absolutely. They have asked him to come. They felt his presence, right? He came, and then soon the sense of his presence was blotted out by the worldly clamors uh, within them that had proved to them how blind they had really been. So really, step four is to take a look at what is it that keeps me from being able to follow through on my decision in step three, and it still be a good idea in four days for God to be my director. It's almost like you can't get there without it, right? Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like this... I th- it's it's really in between the ears. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really something that we struggle with internally completing this step. But I think the thing that offers you the best ability or the best opportunity to do it is pain. Yeah. Like, I think once you finally get to the end of yourself and alcohol and drugs has kicked your tail so bad that I think when you get to the four steps, you really welcome that stuff. Yeah, if you're ready. 
Like you really welcome, like, let's talk about who I'm mad at. Let's talk about these deep seated resentments. Like I'm tired of fooling myself and others. Like I hate people. I remember when I did it, like there was again, and you just touched on that. It's the brokenness that you have to come to, I believe. Because there wasn't a fiber of me that was like, oh, I can't do this, man. I'm not going to be able to be honest. I'm not going to be able to, to do this. Like, I was ready to do it. Like, I had come to a place of desperation and brokenness where uh, I was begging for this. And uh, and, and I, I just think that's important to touch on. Uh, if you've battled with this or if you've fought with this concept, uh like you got to come to that level of brokenness, and I know so many people are, and they just don't know what to do. They just don't know how to get there to find someone that they can uh, share this with or whatever. But as I observe a lot in the recovery community, and even in the world at work and at different places, man, I have many conversations with what God's done in my life, uh, with with guys at work and and you know just out in the world, and that's what I see. It's like they're hanging on this cusp of fruition and they just they want to do it but they don't they don't know what that looks like. Like so what do you think is important? Like there's got to be a way to pull that person in, right? The big book says next we launch. We get on our knees, we make the decision for God to be our director. Next we launched on a course of vigorous action. The first the first step which is a personal house cleaning. Here here's the here's the deal which many of us have never attempted. So the reason why for the fourth step is so difficult is that we've never seen a reason to adopt such a principle to look within me to fix the things that is wrong with me. The thing is, is it's good that a man that's already adopted the principle that's worked it in their life is the one that can pull me with a vision of hope. It's yeah. that guy that pulls me in. You're saying he's equipped. Yeah, he's equipped, armed with the facts about himself and this solution, and he's the one that wins your confidence, that brings you to a place of saying, this might work for me. You would almost say you would want to look for someone who seems equipped. You would want God to highlight someone to you. Uh, yeah, you want to find fruit. somebody that's got what they want, yes. not what you want, because yeah, what, what you want may not necessarily be Absolutely. what you need. Absolutely, that's so good. You that's... know what I'm saying? I'm looking for somebody who's got some love hanging off their tree, some faithfulness, some gentleness, some kindness, some joy. Like, those are the things I need. How In the beginning, what I wanted to do was smoke crack. How easy is that for somebody to miss? Use drugs, you know? How easy is that for someone to miss in recovery? That they need to be uh, looking for God to show them uh, and point them into the direction of someone who has these things. I feel like that's missed a well, lot I think of recovery. That's, I think that's important, but I also think it's important for those who are who have had a spiritual awakening to realize sometimes it's our responsibility as well to put ourselves in positions where people can see that. Yeah, from my experience, man, most of the, actually every person I've ever sponsored or, or discipled or walked on a journey with, uh, it came through that. You know where it came from? Me serving. Me sharing my story me sharing what God's done in my life. But I was actually having a conversation with my wife last week uh, about this, about sponsorship. And that's when it hit me that every guy that I've ever sponsored or, you know, been on a journey with, it came through me serving. And they, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Self-sacrifice. It's just a, I don't know. It's just a picture of Jesus to me. And I think that's what draws people in, man. Like when I serve, that stuff kind of shakes out. Like it's almost as if I'm pursuing them unknowingly. Because of my heart posture. Yeah. 
Kevin, what you got, man? You just sitting over there. I know you got something to say about this step, man. I know you've worked it. I know it's helped your life. What did it look like for you? I mean, and to touch on that, so, uh, Kevin, when I took you through the steps, what are some things, like, what was that like in the beginning? Was there, you know, was there, were you scared? Was it new? Like, what's some things that come to mind when you think about the beginning journey when we sat in a room over there for hours? Well, I know this. I know that without step one, two, and three, you'll never do four the right way. Yeah. You'll you're... skimp on step four. Yeah. And so um, when I done it, I thought it was about the other person. When I done my resentments list, I thought it was about the other person. That you were putting you know? down on your paper. Right. So when I got to the end of it, I realized that it was, they wasn't the problem. It was all me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, Every single resentment, everybody that I've been angry at, everybody that I've been mad at, it was, it was, it was a you was problem. It was a you problem. And so when I begin to see that I'm the issue, I'm the cause of these, these resentments and all this anger that I have built up in me, I begin to see a little freedom. Yeah, because you started to understand that the conflict you were having with people is spiritual in nature. And so what you did was you took the actual thing you had conflict with and used it to get down to what you can't see. The root. And that's what set, and that's what set you free, the truth. The truth was is my conflict with you was spiritually based, and so I had to take a spiritual approach and take a look at the sin in my heart that was causing the conflict within me and and, and against others. So you're saying the the problems that people have with with other people might not be because of them might be. I problem. would say the problems that we have with other people are usually never with them because here's what the Bible says so that good. we don't fight with flesh and blood that our that our enemy is not people. Our enemy is spiritual. You know what I'm saying? And if we don't know how to address sin spiritually, then I'm going to tell you right now, we barking up the wrong tree trying to fix behavior and trying to you know, do all these things outwardly, like, bro, we got to get well inwardly. You, what can't, did, you can't flesh through it. What no, did, bro, you can't will your way through that. Uh, like, you've got to surrender to God and let him teach you how to grow along spiritual lines. What did you used to say, B? Uh, it just it pops in my head. You used to say, uh, it's like drinking a cup of poison. Hoping somebody Hope, else dies. Hoping yeah. the other person dies. Yeah, but y'all know what it's like to be bitter. To harbor ill feelings, how much that shuts you off from the sunlight spirit and how justified you are in anger and just how much that rents space in your head, man. Like you've learned that resentment is a natural instinct, but we don't have the right resentment. We have wrong resentment. Well, that was to the detriment of my health and a a couple of years ago, a part of my journey. And you would think working these steps, helping people being being uh, a part of the bridge center recovery. uh, I would know these things, but uh not exposing these and and letting a resentment creep in and just maul in my heart for six, seven, eight, nine months uh, was de- very, very detrimental to my spiritual health. Uh, and like someone like me, I've heard Bradley say, I can stay sick for a little longer because I got a little, I got a little bit under my belt, right? But it's I've, still poison. I've learned that it's still poison because I let I'll let something ride seven, eight months and. Better get ready. That it's a slow fa- fade. That thing's fixing to run off the tracks. Oh yeah, every no single time. And and I I thought about this. This is very important uh, in my journey, and I feel like in other people's journey. As we're talking about step four, it makes me think about half truths, right? Uh, you said the truth is what sets you free, right? Be 
Yeah. And so the truth that you know, how about that? And a couple years ago, uh, as this panned out and, and I began to become hard hearted and resentful of some things that were going on in my life. Uh, so I decided because I know my program and I, and I, and I worked my program, I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to my sponsor and we, I'm going to get back. I'm going to do the work, right? I'm going to do the work. And so, uh, I link up, go get some food, go to his house, and and I just pressure relief valve all over, just vomit all over him, right? I tell, I just start laying it out. Uh, I'm going through my resentments and my fears, and I'm just hammering with it. And and I felt I felt good, right? Like we we worked through it together, and I was fixing to leave his house, right? And uh, and he looks at me and he asked me a question that he didn't ask me the whole time. And I looked at him, and I was like, no, nah, man. And I knew I was lying. I knew that I wasn't telling the truth in that moment. And every bit of freedom and weight that I thought was lifted off of me in, uh, in that session that we had, it came back. It came right back because it was half truth. Like, had he not asked that one question, you know what I'm saying? But that was the God in him that uh highlighted you know highlighted that to him to ask me that question and when he did i knew it and what what happened fear crept in because i didn't want to tell it right fear crept in and i just looked at him dead in his eyes and i was like nah man and i knew when i pulled out of his driveway that that wasn't the end of this that i was free of nothing i only wanted to make myself feel better by uh vomiting on him and, you know, feeling better because I'm um, working my program. You know, it was all, uh, it was the mechanics. I was doing the mechanics of the program. There was no heart in it. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't putting my heart in it. I wasn't putting my mind in it. Nothing. It was just the mechanics. If this is a journey you're you're into uh, or you're going to be get into or something that you want to do, raw honesty, real truth uh, is is the way to freedom. Well, I mean, that's what the principle of the four step is, is honesty. Like not cashers to honesty. You need to get honest with yourself so that you can have a level of honesty with others so that they can help you. Because people can't help you, but due to the level of honesty you give them. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why when I well, turn away. Well, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. You, you give them just enough to feel like you can, you know. Uh, he thought I was honest. I mean, all he's got is surface level, right? He's like, well, he yeah, told me But you truth. go to bed and can't sleep because I, you know yeah. you ain't being completely honest. Sick. Just but I mean, sick. I think experience through these steps affords you that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of challenge within you not to let you settle for something that's only going to halfway make you free. But truthfully, it don't even halfway make you free. Why? Because half truth is no truth. That's right. This is the only journey that when you do half, you get nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like this principle is a principle that we could talk about all day because it's a principle that when worked, it works. Bro, what did you just say? That's so good. This journey is a journey. What do you say? We're half truth. Half it's the only journey that you can do half and get nothing. Oh God. I mean, there's a lot of things Somebody in this needs world to hear you can that. do half and get half. Somebody needs to hear but that. But half measures avail you nothing. We'll get you nowhere. <laughs> That's so good. We'll get you nowhere, man. So, you know, if you're procrastinating or bul or, or, or bulk uh bulking. Bruh, balking in the balking gym. at this step, man, like you're really balking at something that potentially can set you on a path of freedom. 
Selling yourself because your short. problem's spiritual. You don't have an alcohol problem. You have a spiritual problem with alcohol solution. Mm. So the step four is to get down to the root of the trouble. If you don't find the cause and condition of your drinking, you're going to drink again. Yep. That's the deal, bro. So this is why we adopt step four so that we can get down to the fact that this is a spiritual problem and this is how I need God's help and this is how we're going to flesh this thing out and get free. Literally mapping it out for you. Because think about how many people, I see it all the time. Man, I don't want to do this. I'm tired of drinking. I'm tired of using. Like, write the fourth step, bro. Like, get down with your resentments, your fears, and harms. As and as we do this, probably a couple more episodes on this on this particular step because there's so much to it. You know, this is. I mean, you don't have to eat. Like by this point, you ain't even had to get off your couch to work the steps. You don't get off your couch to work them until eight nine. Like this is all the part of you know taking a look on the inside of yourself before you go back and try to change everybody else, you know? Like, there's no way you're going to take the splinter out of somebody's eye if you got a log in yours. And so that's what I see happens with a lot of people who get saved but never work a four-step, is now they go to the world to try to pull a splinter out and not realize that the splinter is a part of the log that's in their eye, and the splinter in their eyes probably come from the log that's in theirs. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Like. I got to change, man. And I think that's the beginning of the fourth step is taking a look at seeing where I'm to blame, you know, where my selfishness and self-centeredness has caused pain and trouble for others and find some kind of godly sorrow. You know what I mean? And repent and change and go in a different direction, you know? So anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in because we're going to continue and we're going to leave you hanging because we need you to come back uh, for the next episode and you never know i might have kevin and chase back and it's such a meal i mean even when you're when you're working the steps with someone or a, even when you're the person working going through the steps i just feel like that's such a such a process well you have to bring me back because i have a lot to say about fear in my inventory well and here's the thing man a lot of what we talked about today is experience yeah you know, how we experience this principle in our life. But there's a lot of legalities to the instructions that's given in step four on equipping people on how to have a working knowledge of how to use it. So like you could spend months and months just talking about step four with the legalities. What is a resentment? What is fear? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are these and why do they affect us? And what is self-will? Like, you know, we tried to cover that on the last couple episodes of what is self and how is it affected? You know what I mean? And how are these uh, resentments, fears, and guilt? You know, there's just so much to talk about. So we really hope that this has encouraged you and brought value to your life. And you got to be looking for the next episode because we're going to continue to talk about this four step and how you can take it into your life and how it could be something or a catalyst uh, to change you and to bring you to freedom and to help you stop pointing the finger at everybody else for the reason why you're the way you are and start looking in the mirror and let God change you. Bro, that's a mouthful. Look at you. Bro, until next time. Shoo! Thanks for listening to today's episode of Sober the Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sober the Podcast.